0: Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton.
2: It is Wednesday, February 21st, 2024, season 19, episode number 113. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Brian continues this hiatus. He's in a holdout. We'll see how that continues. We'll see how that goes here over the next few weeks. Hopefully, we can get a deal done and get him back in studio. i just joking. I really am just joking. So, please don't start texting me. Uh, Brian has vacation this week, a well-earned vacation. Obviously, in his, his role with the radio station, he does baseball and everything else. So, yep, this, yep, it's yep. that one little period he's got before he heads off to spring training him. next week. and. It's all over the place. But Brian will be back in two weeks. Not this week, not next week, but the week after that, he'll be back with us and uh, we'll, we'll clue him in on all the conversations that we've been having. Got Patrick Walker and Amber uh, Garcia here with us today. And uh we will get into some talk on Dak Prescott. I promise. I promise we will get to some Dak Prescott talk. We've I got some that. questions. You know your mic's on, right? I never I never, <laughs> I I heard never heard promised exhale, that in pa- like, I never promised. That.
3: <laughs> Look, yeah, I, I
2: never that. promised that in past episodes. <laughs> I said maybe if time permits, we'll get to it. This week I am guaranteeing we will get to some talk on Dak Prescott. But Uh, We also have some questions, by the way, uh, from fans. We'll get to that in the third segment, maybe second, second. We'll see how it goes. Uh, But I did want to start with uh, some talk on franchise tags. Uh, It's interesting because most years here with the Cowboys, it feels like there's some players that are like very well, like it's like there's just an expectation. He's going to be tagged. Oh, that guy's going to be tagged. Sometimes more than one and you're like, I don't know who they're going to tag. This is an interesting year because I think an argument can be made. Cowboys don't use the tag at all. I know you wrote an interesting article there, uh, Patrick, uh, talking about the franchise tag. Cowboys and all the other teams in the NFL have until March 7th to make their declarations if they want to franchise someone. Looking at the list of free agents, and I'll throw out a couple names here, Tyron Smith, Tony Pollard, Stephon Gilmore, Dorrance Armstrong, J. Ron Curse, uh Jonathan Hankins, Tyler Biotish. Is there any name in that list um, that, that you think should or could warrant interest from the Cowboys as far as a franchise tag?
1: You know, Derek, when I was writing this piece yesterday, um, when the franchise tag window opened, I really sat with this list. And the more I sat with it, the more comfortable I was with understanding that the Cowboys should not be expected to use the tag. There's no one on this list uh, that warrants that type of fully guaranteed one-year money um, as far as guaranteeing that they don't leave, because obviously you don't want Stephon Gilmore to leave, you want him back. You would like Jordan Lewis back. You would like guys like Tyron Smith back, obviously. Uh, Tony Pollard, Rico Dowdle, that's a conversation. Doran Armstrong, you would love to have a guy like Doran Armstrong back in the building. But while that's true, it's also true that if you look at these tag amounts as well, uh, what are we talking about? Doran Armstrong would bring twenty, roughly $20 million fully guaranteed. Mm. Uh, Stefan Gilmore, at his age, $18.8 million projected, fully guaranteed. It just doesn't make sense numbers-wise. So, again, it doesn't mean that the Cowboys shouldn't try to re-sign guys like Stefan Gilmore. I want him back in the building. Doran Armstrong, I want him back in the building. But as far as ma- keeping them here on a franchise tag, no. I say you go about the negotiation the old-fashioned way and the chips fall where they, where they fall.
4: Yeah, I absolutely agree with everything you said. Looking at the list, there is no name that – would make me want to give them a franchise tag just because the money doesn't make sense for what the player is. And like you said, Patrick, there are definitely players that you would want back on a contract, but not for that amount of money for just one year. You look at players that are somewhat younger and then players that are on the older side, that it just simply doesn't make sense to put that kind of money. And it's not the type of player that it's that you wouldn't be able... I don't want to say they're not replaceable, Or uh, you can replace or you can bring somebody else that can help you there, but they're not absolutely a thousand percent essential. And I don't want that to sound bad, but, you know, we've seen it with uh, Dalton Schultz at the time where you're like, okay, we don't really have another tight end that can come in and he's being productive and you have to do it. Tony Pollard, what's the whole situation where you were trying to figure out what the running back situation was after parting ways with Ezekiel Elliott? So that kind of makes sense as well. And now we're at a point where, yeah, I don't I don't think anyone right now makes sense. For
2: so let me it. ask you this. I want to make a—and I don't even know if I necessarily believe this, but I think it's an argument worth having. Dorrance Armstrong is a guy that's interesting to me because throughout the time he's been with the Cowboys, he seems to every year get a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, He is at a premium position as a pass rusher. Um, Do you project that at some point in his career, maybe this next year or two, because that's when it would happen that he becomes one of the better pass rushers in the league or that he's ready for that type of role? Because right now they're using him as kind of a rotational guy. Do you think that if put in a situation where he was a guy that was out there for bulk of the snaps and not being used in as much of a rotation. But maybe, obviously, all teams will rotate their, their pass rushers. If you think he has a, gets a little bit more opportunity, do you think he's a type of, uh, of defensive end that actually can develop into one of the better ones in the league? And that would make the argument for you to say, let's do a one-year franchise tag on him just so that we can see if this is the year that he takes that next step. And we know before we let him go If we can't sign him to a long-term deal, before we let him go,
1: we at least find out what are we dealing with here before we let him walk out of the door. I do believe that Durant Armstrong can be a a high-quality starter in this league. Um, the problem is with that argument is if you're talking about franchise tagging a guy, then you're basically you better be also putting him in a position where he can prove to you what you're what you're asking. He's not in that position in Dallas because the likelihood is that, you know, Demarcus Lawrence is going into a contract year. But there's a likelihood that Demarcus Lawrence is going to get another an extension uh, to hopefully finish his career here with the Cowboys. You can pretty much take it to the bank that Michael Parsons, I mean, anything's possible, but they're going to throw the biggest possible bag at Michael Parsons. Uh, and then you look at the emergency of guys like Sam Williams. If Sam Williams can get his self-discipline together as far as the penalties are concerned, his window is high as well. Uh, and then, let I me mean, we'll see. Uh, but I, And I, I think, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I guess, again, where
2: I go to is, I think with all those things you just said, if you give me a young, upcoming defensive end, mm-hmm. I look, I love what DeMarcus Lawrence does, mm-hmm. but if you tell me you give me a Dorrance Armstrong and Dorrance Armstrong can give me the kind of production that Tank has given me, mm-hmm. Then I would be foolish to let him walk out of the door because I don't know how much longer Tank will be w- be playing, right? You're, you're then not wrong. You're, you're, you're not wrong. If you
4: feel that good Fast. about right. it. But,
1: but do you know that at this point is right. what I'm arguing. You're, you're not wrong. The problem is the t- timing is everything. Yeah. It doesn't time up for, in 2024 to have a franchise tag conversation on Dorrance because Tank is still playing at a Pro Bowl level, because Tank is likely going to be here beyond 2024, even if it's just into 2025, 2026. The fact is, right now, Dorrance is not going to get the opportunity to prove he's a high quality starter in the league in the, with the Cowboys which then flips the tables because free agency is a two way street. Now if you're Daron Armstrong if you are his agent you're looking at the fact that Aiden Dirty went to Seattle. Seattle needs a starting pass rusher. Facts. If you're looking at the fact that Dan Quinn is in Washington. Washington needs Yeah, you're probably going to I, I would guess you're so, probably going to lose him if you don't Yeah, franchise. yeah. So whether it be, be my guess. right if you don't franchise tag him there's a good chance that he leaves. But there's not enough of an argument to franchise tag him because the timing doesn't work out well. If we're 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 talking about last year definitively being a downturn year for Demarcus Lawrence because Micah's going to be here, right? If if that's the case, then that's a much more viable conversation. But is that not a viable conversation
2: if you're thinking of it from the standpoint of at Tank's age— this year, we may see a decline. You don't know, but Man. you could see a decline. And does that then pressure you to say, okay, actually, we should maybe move on from Tank, and we need to keep Dorns? That's my you point, would, is, you would need is this to have,
1: year could be a pivotal year uh, all the way around when it comes to defensive be, ends, right? But you would need to have seen signals of a possible decline looming on 2024 for for DeMarcus Lawrence. This is a Pro Bowl caliber yeah. guy from 2022. He had a Pro Bowl worthy season in 2023.
4: He's been healthy. He's been he's wood. been
1: healthy the entirety. I mean, he's battled some little things, but he's been available, he's been on the field there's nothing that indicates other than his age which hints at it's coming it's coming any day now which is valid it's coming any day now but yeah. until you see a single sign of it actually happening you don't have enough evidence to to look Tank in the face and say you know what we're going to franchise Dorrance and we're going to put him in a position that then puts you on a slight back burner so we can see because we're guaranteeing him 20 million dollars this year so that's basically you telling Dorrance that he's going to be your starting edge opposite Mike Parsons while also looking at Demarcus Lawrence, who's coming up for a contract extension, and saying, "Well, we still want you here." Might not be in the starting room. It's the timing doesn't work out for Dorrance, is what yeah. I'm saying.
2: I, the interesting part for me is, I, I really think they have to work hard, uh, unless unless their goal is to draft one. Hmm. I think they got to work that really hard. That should be the goal period. But, but I think they got to work really hard to try to resign him to a long term deal, Dorrance, because I do think that. That's a position that's a little shaky from the standpoint of of how you look at it for the future. And one thing I think you would hate to do in the NFL is there are three positions where you would hate to lose a guy and he goes somewhere else and he's better. Cornerback, defensive end, and quarterback. And if he went to Seattle and became a (laughs) starter and turned into one of those guys that was regularly putting up 10 to 12 sacks a year, I think the Cowboys would, would, I think they'd be disappointed in the fact that they didn't do enough to keep him here. They well, developed him to this point to then let him go off somewhere and and them to reap the benefits.
1: Of and him. and he could. I mean, this is a guy who 15, 16 sacks over the past couple seasons as a rotational guy. Doris Armstrong, and I've said it a million times, he is one of the more perennially underrated talents in this building Agreed. from those outside of the building who just don't understand what he brings to the table, not only as a pass rusher, also as a run defender, and as a special teams guy. Huge on special teams. Huge on special right, huge teams. On yeah. special teams. So losing, if you lose Doris Armstrong, that's a big hit, and that's still some big shoes for some Somebody like Sam Williams and or Junior Fajoko, who has to earn his way into the field and or a potential draft pick to come in and fill uh, from a rotational role, especially when you if you tandem it with possibly losing Dante Fowler as well. So, yeah, the Cowboys have they're going to go pretty hard at keeping Dorrance Armstrong. Um, But Dorrance, absent the franchise tag, he's got reasons to stay and he's got reasons to be interested and in possibly leaving so uh guys of his caliber you know they're going to have value in the NFL and I do believe if he goes to Washington he he could be a double-digit sack guy. If he goes to Seattle, he can be a double-digit sack guy, but does that mean that the Cowboys made the wrong move, depending on what the the payout looks like, that he landed elsewhere? Not necessarily because, again, the timing just isn't here right now to franchise tag him, but most certainly do everything you can to keep him absent that tag.
4: How much do you guys think that Mike Zimmer's evaluation on players like those um, falls into the same lines of Mike McCarthy and everybody else. As I think far as it will be
1: huge. And um, one thing that, that I mentioned when it came, when it comes to Dorrance uh, is that you look at how impressive he's been as far as every year, taking another step up every year, taking another step up, but he's also been able to do this no matter who the defensive coordinator is, no matter who it is. Right. So he's been through the Rob Marinelli, Mike Nolan, Dan Quinn. So this Mike Zimmer would be his fourth defensive coordinator with the Cowboys. It, that's, That's mind blowing to hear that out loud and then look at his numbers and say he's been producing at a higher and higher level every single time. So if you're Mike Zimmer and you're coming in, that's the guy you want to keep. That's a guy that you can say, hey, you know what it does? He's so coachable. And he's so talented and he's so refined that I don't have to babysit this guy. This guy is going to be ready for whatever I throw at him. He's shown that he can produce at a starter level. So if I can get a starter caliber guy as a rotational guy and keep him here like you guys have before I got here, by all means. So to your point, I think he'll look at a guy like Dorrance and say, absolutely, I want that guy. Do what you can to keep that guy. But... If the Cowboys can't keep that guy, you better believe Mike Zimmer has already started turning wheels and talking to Will McClay and Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones and saying, hey, if you can't keep this guy, I got some ideas for free agents and possibly a draft as well.
2: Just to be clear, I took from your question you were asking, do you think that his thoughts on these players will be different? Than what Quinn's is that what you're asking, or were you are you just saying, saying is, is, do you is, is, think is he'll have a lot of have say? A, yeah. a
4: little, no, I think he'll have a certain right. type of say for sure. But is he, is he looking at it the same way? And, oh, here, okay. and I liked your answer yeah, yeah. regardless. But the thing is, when you see a good player, you see a good player, like right. there's no debating it's right. whether it's good, middle, or like average, or bad. We can all mostly agree on that. But what I'm wondering is. When you start talking about that kind of money in the future, or whatever, is it a situation where possibly he feels like, okay, we can replace that position with somebody else, whether that's via draft or free agency, bringing somebody else in, when you're considering that you still have guys like Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, Cook, which just by having them on the field would then elevate the playing level of whoever else is lining up against them or alongside them. So that's what I'm wondering is this year, I'm not looking into the future, but for this uh, upcoming season, is it a situation where, yeah, we love him and absolutely want him back. But if not, could somebody else come in, be a plug-in player, that just by having two guys like those guys, DeMarcus and Micah, just simply elevates everybody else? I
2: think, yes, I think that could be a possibility. But what I personally think is going to be even more important is I think Mike's probably looking at this defense and saying the first thing I got to do is figure out how to stop the run. Which Mike and, and
1: <laughs> you, you got to specify that.
2: <laughs> I think mean, first thing see is I got to stop the run. So I will be interested to see if they don't go hard after Adorance, Does that say something about what he thinks his ability to stop the run looks like? Right? If they if they choose to have Sam elevated to where Sam's going to get more time on the field, does that say something about what he thinks about his ability to stop the run? Because I think that that you look at Zimmer's defenses in Minnesota, they always stopped the run. They were always top 10 stopping the run consistently. So I I think the first thought he is, is what are these players that that are currently on the roster and the players that are potential free agents and the players that are in the draft, how are they going to help me be able to devise a plan that will stop the run? And and so I don't know what those answers are. Only he will know that, uh, at least as how he sees it. But the fact is, I think a lot of what we see over the next few months will tell us what he thinks about that. People like J. Ron Kurse, I think those decisions are going to be made based upon how much does he factor into what right. Zimmer thinks he can do to stop the run. Uh, we, we know the linebacker's position is a mm-hmm. position where they got to do something. That's just, they they put Marquise Bell in a horrible situation and he performed admirably, but he was in a horrible situation. Right. They know they got to fix so smart, that. Yeah. But I, I really do think everything that we look at this, this, uh, this offseason with regards to the defense, I'm going to be looking at through the prism of is this helping the defense stop the run? And and guys that leave, it will suggest to me that Mike Zimmer doesn't think they're necessary to stopping the
1: run. I think it, it all works uh, hand in hand because if you look at it from the aspect of is Zimmer coming in saying, well, if if Armstrong can't be retained, well, there's possibly someone else who can step up in his role. There's I don't see that person in the building right now. Could it be Sam? Zimmer talks a lot about discipline, and we know that he's <laughs> huge on it. So, again, I say, if you're talking about the Zimmer variable, I don't see it as Sam yet as far as replacing Armstrong. Maybe after 2024, we feel differently about it and we say, OK, there we go. Sam's that guy. But as we have this conversation, can't can't say it yet. So I think that if you're if you're Mike Zimmer, you're saying I want Doran Armstrong because I want him in rotation with Micah and, and Demarcus. I know what that is. But then it goes to the front office to say, well, they they might come back to Zimmer and say, we want him as well. He's he's a great organizational guy, great locker room guy. we got to see what the price is, though. And if we can't get him at our price, what other options are you thinking about, free agency-wise, JARF-wise? I think that's the conversation that's, that's going to happen upstairs.
2: All right, we're going to take our first break. We're going to come back. We'll get to our much-anticipated segment on Dak Prescott. We'll do that
3: when <laughs> we come back, DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper... a location near you
1: back to the break register now for 2024 Dallas Cowboys Youth Camps presented by Invisalign. Athletes of all skill levels ages 6 to 16 are invited to learn from the best this summer at Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. Football camps are led by former NFL players and dance camps are taught by the current Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Register before May 17th to save $25. Visit dallascowboys.com camps.
2: Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment brought to you by blockchain.com. All right, let's talk about Dak Prescott. I want to start with a basic big-picture question on Dak. What would you say, uh, after watching him play this season, really watching him play throughout his career, what would you say is the greatest asset that Dak brings to the table?
4: Greatest asset? I would say um, his leadership, his personality, and the way he he handles the People are gonna laugh at me by saying this. I was gonna say handles the pressure. Whoa, yeah. look at that green bacon.
3: <laughs>
2: so, yeah. Well, you know how it goes right now. Recency bias yeah. says that anything we say on deck, yeah. people are gonna roll their eyes if it's a positive statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But go ahead, I get your point. Right? I get your no,
4: point. No, I think he's a he's a wonderful leader in the way he handles uh the whole adversity, and I get it. Um, yeah, it's a great story, his story. And I get that fans are over it at some point. Enough is enough. But my thing is, last year he proved to me that he had not hit the ceiling, even though some people might think so because of how the playoff turned out. But I think we saw him become even a better player. We saw him still being developed in his how – m- how many years is this? Six? No, this
1: is going uh, on. Eight? This is, that eight? was eight, right?
4: Eight? It's lo- a long time.
2: 2016 is when he got yeah, here. That was so great. that would have been, yeah.
4: Long time. But he started doing things that I think, yeah. um, and I've talked about it before, my issue heading into this last season was like, okay, you've changed so many moving pieces around him. You've changed personnel. You've changed players. You've changed coaches. coaches. You've changed so much that at one point he has to be – Everything else is going to start pointing at him as the problem. But he was able to be that guy today that he took on certain games where he, even though when certain players weren't playing as well, he was able to carry that on his back and still perform at a high level. And that's something uh, that I had not seen from him necessarily before. So just the way he played, and and I get it, that last game just kind of – it's easy to wipe everything out, but you have to look at everything else. And you have to remember, he wasn't the only ba- the only one that played terrible in the Green Bay game. This was a collective mess from everybody that played absolutely bad. But I think the way that every year, his mentality is what I'm trying to say. That's what I like most about him. Last year, he talked about the interceptions, and he came back and absolutely completely proved that, that he could improve in that aspect.
1: Um, 100% agreed. It's leadership. Um, We can we can talk about the lack of postseason success and that matters. It is valid. Do you need more from Dak Prescott on the field in the postseason? One hundred percent. You Mm -hmm. do. That is true. Um, But if you're talking about leadership, it's bulletproof It's bulletproof the way that he can galvanize this team, the way that, you know, he goes about himself as a, as the consummate professional, both on and off the field, the way that he never lets any, you know, uh, media reports or talk outside the building, rattle him or the locker room um, the way that, you know, he's able to be resilient through all of the things that he's been through in life, the loss of his mom to cancer, the loss, the loss of his brother to suicide um, to still be able To not only function, but to function at a high level while also, you know, being, you know, showing his advocacy for like uh, cancer prevention and awareness and mental health advocacy and things like that. So when it comes to being a leadership, there are few human beings that have demonstrated that better than what Dak Prescott can do so leadership wise 100% now if you're talking about production which we'll get into that's a different conversation as far as postseason versus regular season but it doesn't matter what part of the calendar year it is Dak Prescott is a leader
2: all right so here's a um, I think the question of the day at this point really the question of this offseason what do you do with that and I have a few options here and I want you guys to tell me where you think it, it works best from your eyes with regards to Dak number one Dak's your guy, you stick with Dak, you give him a new long-term deal, he's locked up, you don't worry about what happens next year, because he is locked up, you have him on a, long, on a longer-term deal. Number two, you play out this year, knowing that at the end of this year, he will be a free agent, and at that point, he will be able to choose whether he wants to stay here or not, um, and at the same time, you continue developing Trey Lance with the hopes that maybe Trey Lance can develop into something uh, worthwhile, or at least give yourself a little more time to see how that works. Now, one of the interesting things there, people say you can't play on the deal, I actually saw this. Uh, there's actually a, a pretty simple way for Dallas to be able to absorb uh, Dak's money this year if they don't do anything with it. You could restructure Steele, Diggs, Cooks, switch. and then you could do a post-June cut on Gallup, mm-hmm. Van Der Esch, and Rush. I think all those things are possible, mm-hmm. and if you do that, uh, you don't have to do anything with Dak's deal. You could Let it ride as it is, and you could still have some money. I think with all those things done, you would get $20 million under the cap, so you'd still have some money to work this offseason. I don't know if you'd be all in necessarily, but you'd have money to work with uh, when free agency starts. So that's your second option. You let this year play out. You don't do anything different with Dak's contract, and you see what happens with Trey Lance. Or number three, you go ahead and say, right now I'm going to go ahead and start looking at what my options are in free agency. Are there quarterbacks out there? Are there quarterbacks I could trade for? Not the most likely option, but I needed to throw it out as an option for you guys to choose from. So if you had to choose one of those three options, where do you stand with Dak Prescott?
1: Hmm. What do you got, Garcia?
4: I think um, extending the contract, I think, would make more sense in the long term, money-wise, but – I am more in favor of letting this year play out. If we're on the hot seat, we're all in the hot seat mm-hmm. this year. We're talking about coaches <laughs> not and all everybody. Of us. Them, no, like them. Football. Yeah, side. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I ran my routes. Yeah, I we said, good. <laughs> we did our part. We did. what We were supposed to do.
4: If everybody is playing on this, this is the year type of situation. Then the quarterback should be doing it too. And I love Dak. I absolutely do. And I have not given up in, um on him. And I think what he showed this year. Like I said earlier, really made me feel better into what he is. I'm not going to take that Green Bay loss um, as who he is. I'm going to take it as crap happens and it happened again and (laughs) Mm. it happened everybody from everybody. Mm. But I do think uh, just because of the situation of most of the, you know, Mike McCarthy, you got Mike Zimmer too. Wait, Zimmer isn't a what's the contract on Zimmer?
1: Well, we don't know quite yet, but. I'm hearing unofficially unofficially I'm hearing that it's one year deal Unofficially, that's but I haven't been able. To,
4: most sense, yeah. But I haven't
1: been, been able. Been able oh, but to – the other thing too about about coaches is it, even if let's
2: say it's a long term deal, let's say it's a three year deal. Yeah, yeah you even can, if it's three year deal, co- yeah, 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 yeah. If they yeah, make yeah, a move yeah. next year and they bring in another head coach so, yeah. and he wants to use another, another right. defensive coordinator, then they'll just move on. Like right. that's how that's how it works with coaches, yeah. unfortunately.
4: But the point is, I, I need. Or the
2: coordinator could leave for a head coaching position. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's all kinds of scenarios, so I don't worry so much about yeah. the that.
4: I just would want. Just to add more drama to it, add that added pressure. (laughs) So (laughs) So everybody's
2: on a one-year deal. Everybody,
4: everybody, except for Mike. I mean, that's what (laughs) all-in. Hey, that's what all-in means. You put it all in there, and if you're not, you're screwed. Go home, and that's (laughs) everybody.
1: Everybody, everybody.
4: everybody. (laughs) Um, So this is what we're at. This is where we're at this year. That's not to say I don't trust Dak. And don't want to see him succeed. But if we're all in the hot seat, we're all in the hot seat.
1: You know, it has it has nothing to do with trust, if you ask me. I think the Cowboys uh, trust Dak Prescott as their franchise quarterback yeah. 100%. This is about playing the 2024 season um, with the maximum amount of motivation for every possible individual. Uh, Dak Prescott said after the loss to Green Bay, he said, if McCarthy's on the hot seat, so shall, so, so should I be. Okay, here we are. Hot seat. Uh, I say play it out through 2024 because rather you, whether you set the market with Dak Prescott in 2024 or you wait and you set it in 2025 because he went on a playoff run and did everything that you felt that he could do in the postseason to come, he's going. either way you're going to set the market. Now, as far as, are we talking tens of millions of dollars more? Likely. But you're also talking about a a salary cap that's tens of millions of dollars higher. You're also talking about more expiring contracts in a league of attrition. It's a revolving door. So you look at the bottom half of the roster. So just like right now, you've put together some great – variables as far as how to absorb Dak Prescott's $60-$61 million cap hit if you want to absorb it as structured, right? That's going to be the same conversation next year, next summer. And then you will also have had a full year and full offseason of development for Trey Lance to at least see where he is and can he take over in 25? Maybe, maybe not. I think all of that is a perfect conversation for next offseason. But the only way that becomes a more meaningful conversation is if you just let this this final year of the contract play out, work the numbers however you work them. You can restructure some guys, you release some guys, or you can restructure Dak's deal. Yes, that pushes money to the back end, but again, salary cap is ballooning every single year with new TV deals and things like that. Yeah, you can do whatever you want against right. the cap. So you if really can't. We right, and if you, do restru- it. Yeah. if you restructure him, then you get $20, $21 million. You can get that $20 million that way. The numbers game can be played, but I believe that the Cowboys believe in Dak Prescott, but I would tie his 2024 season, and his let's put it this way, I would tie his future with the Cowboys to McCarthy's future with the Cowboys and look at that head coach and quarterback yeah. duo and say, we want both of you around for the long run, but you're going to have to make us. Make us pay you the amount of money that, we, that you know we know you want. Make us put it on the table. And we're willing to if you do that. Okay. NFC Championship, Super Bowl, things like that. Theoretically,
2: that all makes sense. Let me throw one risk factor in there. You said, okay, we let this year play out, and let's say that I Dak has Dak it. has a great year next year. Let's like he takes them to the promised land. They get to the Super Bowl. Let's say, yeah. okay. Here's the problem. I know where he's going. Here's the problem. Uh-huh. Yeah, you could say we pay. We'll set the market, but what if another team's saying we'll set the market plus right. some? Yeah, and you create a bidding war. You no longer have control at that point because you can't franchise him. You can't trade him. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it is Dak. Dak has all the leverage. If at that point, let's say I don't know. You name. Three teams out there that are quarterback starved that are like, this is our opportunity. How often do you get a quarterback that just won the Super Bowl available to you that is a complete free agent (laughs) and can go wherever he wants to go? What makes you say that maybe Dak is just like, man, I'm just tired of all the scrutiny that comes of being in Dallas. Like that, it would be nice to go somewhere where the media just don't talk about what I have for breakfast. Like right. I just want to be able to go somewhere where I can play football. And, yeah, I'm going to be on the news some, but yeah, I don't, don't wake up every so. morning. That's nice. I'm saying like you no longer have control.
1: Like a
5: temple.
2: Are you comfortable with the idea that you no longer have control, especially if, by the way, he does all the things you've been hoping he would
1: do this next year? It, it's the risk. It's kind of like what Ambar said or not kind of like it's exactly what she said. When, If you're all in and, and it's just like Jerry Jones mentioned, he's all in for 2024. He's not worrying about the future things like that. He's not necessarily planning for the future. Push all your chips, prove it, push all your chips to the table. And you're either going to you know, walk away with some a lot of winnings or you want to walk away. Broke and upset, and you're you're risking it. I mean, this is a dice roll. You're either going to come up three, four. Or you're going to come up snake eyes, and there's there's really no in between. Because also think about it from the aspect of, um, and for those that that don't who haven't lived it, the the Clint Sterner days and the Stephen McGee days and the Quincy Carter days. I I don't think people understand exactly how valuable Dak Prescott has become to the the winning, at least regular season, the winning culture um, that wasn't present pre-Romo post Aikman. Not whatsoever. I mean, Mm -hmm. Google is free by all means. Go Google it. Um, That being said. Of course the Cowboys want him around for the long term. That's why I'm not mad at them for, you know, possibly extending him this offseason. But if you're asking my opinion, I would absolutely just let this play out because And you're comfortable w- with it right. if, if you lose him. Right. Because I'm not comfortable if he plays well, gets you to a Super Bowl and then you lose him. You're like, Ah, oh, this okay. That that freaking sucks. Right? But at least hopefully you got a ring out of it. And then what if he got you to the Super Bowl but lost? Mm.
2: You didn't get right there. To the, you didn't get all the way there, but how, you're close enough now. Did lose?
4: I mean, there's, yeah. let, let's say let's did say because of, of him. A did well, let, lose let's say he plays. Let's say he plays. Let's say he plays okay.
2: Let's say he has a 250 yard passing day, has one interception, a touchdown or two, and and that's his day. It it wasn't anything where you're like he was the man. You also are like this wasn't necessarily on him. He contributed to mm-hmm. it because he had the interception, but it wasn't on him. How do you feel about that at that point? Because you feel like you're really close at that point, yeah. right? You feel like you're there, yeah. close enough to touch it. And even if you start over with
1: a Trey Lance, you're like, oh god, we're going over. back to starting over the beginning. How do you feel about that? Um, I think you also got a factor. I guess my question before we answer that one is, what, what's the situation with McCarthy in, in that scenario? In that scenario,
2: I think McCarthy's back. That three, 12 and five, twelve and five seasons, and then goes to the Super Bowl. Even if he loses, I don't, I don't see how you fire a coach with that resume. In four years. reason
1: I Mm asked that is years years. That's still pretty successful. Yeah, that's very successful. If McCarthy is back after a season like that, even if you drop it in the Super Bowl, then I think Dak wants to stay... I'm I'm looking at variables in negotiation, right? So money is a huge motivator in free agency, but that's not the only motivator, especially for a relationships guy like Dak Prescott. So you're saying Dak would choose to come back because he would feel there's unfinished business. Right, correct. As long as the money is comparable... So at that point, now you're talking about he can either reset the market with a team like Tampa or he can reset the market with the Cowboys. But if Tampa, hypothetically, because smaller market, less scrutiny um, to that point, but if Tampa's um offer is set in the market and the Cowboys offer is also a market setter, but Tampa is slightly higher, but McCarthy is back and you're coming off of a Super Bowl run that you just fell short in the Super Bowl. I think that Prescott looks at that and says, you know what? Unfinished business but and my guy's back. And CeeDee Lamb is still here for the long haul. And 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 Yeah,
2: right? but here, wait, wait, You just said CeeDee Lamb's here for long term. Does that complicate matters that now you're in a situation where you're in a bidding war for your quarterback? And by the way, you now got to sign one of the top Three to five wide receivers in the
1: league. No, you got to get Lamb done. That's a different conversation. I'm willing to let. Okay, let's, yeah, let's, no, let's get let's, Lamb done. Right now. Now. Let's, let's
4: assume you. French, let's, let's assume you've got. No, no, no. Team in the
2: world. No, get, get let's, let's assume you've already got Lamb right done. Now. Let's assume you've got Lamb already done. What about Micah? Like again, you're you're now in a bidding war for your quarterback. At, at the same time, you're going to have to probably create a, a record-setting type deal mm-hmm. for a defensive player in Micah Parsons.
1: I have an answer. Yeah. We talked about that franchise tag yeah. thing? Yeah, okay. you um, just franchise right. you, 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 and, and, you, you and knowing what you know right. about Micah, if he's franchise. on the franchise tag, hey. you
2: think he's signing and showing up?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you do? Yeah. I, I don't think that – okay, let me put it this way. If Micah is is true to the, the implication that he put out there that he's willing to be patient and let, like, CeeDee Lamb get his money and things like Fair. that, that tells me that he at least understands the prioritization here. That being said... I also
2: think he's a shrewd businessman. Let's be clear fair, about that. 100%. Yeah.
1: That also goes to the point of if that did become a situation where you're in a betting war for your franchise quarterback versus a bidding war for your, you know, a generational edge rusher, your generational edge rusher who deferred to your generational wide receiver just a year prior, I could see Micah saying, you know what? I'll I'll take this tag, by the way, fully guaranteed and knock on wood. Micah's not had any injury issues that has cost him availability. Go ahead and pay Dak Prescott, and then we'll meet at this table offseason 2026. Oh, and by the way, when we meet at the table offseason 2026, if you thought I was going to be the highest paid in NFL history, go ahead and add some more to that. So I think being a true businessman, understanding the prioritization between who needs to be paid when, if it came to Micah versus Dak, I could fully see Micah saying, go ahead and pay our quarterback because I do want to win. And I know that if we reset, there's no guarantee with Trey Lance. There's no guarantee with a drafted quarterback. And right now there's no one on the market quarterback wise that is equivalent to what Dak Prescott gives you. So if Micah, is going to hold true to that word, then I, I think he'd be fine with it. Yeah, I, I think that's...
2: And again, I, I don't know. I've not talked to Michael about this. I've not talked to Dak about this. I don't know what they're thinking. My whole point is, and the point I'm trying to make here, is there's a lot of factors that are involved here, more so than just saying, do you pay Dak now or pay Dak later? Because the fact is, every that decision will set off a chain reaction of yeah. things that will happen over yeah. the next two years that could be franchise changing, right? And so I just think... You know, this conversation has a lot of layers to Mm -hmm. it that go far beyond just what Dak did in that playoff game against Green Bay. you got to really think about what are you doing for the future. And if this happens, then this is going to happen. And how does that affect this? There are all these different layers. And and I think all that has to be. And then
1: there's the added layer of let's say you, you go ahead and extend him. Um, right now, which again I'm totally fine with, given his value. Yes, you need more from the postseason, but he's he's earned an extension, another extension, in my opinion. But if things don't go well in 2024, and any of it is on the quarterback, um, let's say Mike McCarthy is out. You got a new head coach coming in. You know who head coaches love to target first? They, they need their quarterback. They want their guy at quarterback. And you've seen it all around the league, over the history of the league. What does that mean for Dak Prescott on a very long-term deal versus an incoming head coach that might like Dak but might have other ideas in like a Cliff Kingsbury kind of way, right? So, But also all-
4: those conversations from what I've heard in the past when interviewing certain head coaches, mm-hmm. they – What's on the table is, can you work with oh, yeah, that's, that Prescott? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If not, then you might not be the right option for that's them.
1: That's true. But now you're also, and again, this is, ah, this is such a fun conversation. That also goes to um, the understanding that you're possibly limiting your pool of candidates as well. Right. So if there's a particular candidate that you definitely want for head coach and you ask him that question, rather be Dak Prescott or if you're a GM of any other team, your owner of any other team, if you say, you know, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield's our guy, can you come in and coach him? You're the guy we want. And he's like, yeah, that's not who I want to coach. Eh, well, as owner and GM, guess what? You just lost your top candidate. So now everyone else is uh, not a consolation prize, but that's not your guy. Now you're trying to make some things work. So it's, it's such a leveled and layered conversation. Uh, and I will say that in the past, I, I was on record. That the Cowboys took too long to pay Dak Prescott. Yeah. They, I think we all were. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. took too yeah. long to pay were. him. They took too long to pay him. But this is an interesting in a different time frame in that you look at what happened in this year's postseason, right? And you look at you have to balance that with runner up in the MVP race, like, oh, right, head coach didn't get extended. He's on a one year deal. He's on a you know, a hot seat, so to speak. Mm, defense is still working some things out. Mike Zimmer, new guys. Who's going? Who's coming? Player wise, so many, so much on the table that if you're, I said, if you're all in, I'm with Amber. If you're all in, just push it all to the, push all the chips in the middle. And that goes for free agency signings as well. Push it all to the middle, and uh, and pray that it works out for you. And if it doesn't, then. You 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 work it. <laughs> Who knows then you, then it you work way. it however you can work it, right? And you you stand in front of the deck and say, My bad. Here's a whole here's a whole bunch here's a whole bunch more money to make it okay. Right. So
2: <laughs> All right, we're gonna take our final break. We'll come back. We'll get one question here before we end the show.
3: We'll be back, DallasCowboys.com radio. Faster than you think. Take five. The official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys.
5: It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get fifteen percent off their seventy-five dollar order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the Playmaker at getjackblack.com/slash Cowboys with the code Cowboy.
0: Supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit UnitedAgenterf.com to find a location near you.
1: Back to the break. Here you go, Patrick. Dallas Cowboys Game Time, powered by Lenovo, the official gaming platform and community of the Dallas Cowboys. Sign up now to compete in Fortnite for a chance to win a VIP experience at the 2024 Dallas Cowboys draft party. Qualifiers begin on February 24th and run through the 28th. Learn more and register at DallasCowboysGameTime.com. Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage
2: Studios at the start. i got one final question for you guys before we end the show. We have 30 seconds. Do your best. Uh, Which option of those three that I gave you is most likely to happen? I know what we've given is our opinions on Mm -hmm. it. What do you think is more likely to happen? They stick with uh, Dak, give him a new deal. Uh, They play this year out and don't give him a new deal, but with the hopes that they will maybe do something next year – or look at other options uh, in free agency or the draft.
1: I think it's more likely they extend him this offseason, especially you know if you're Jerry Jones and you're looking at it. And, of course, if you're Jerry Jones, you've lived through the, the Sterner and the McGee years and things like that. Um, I wonder how Stephen McGee feels about you just throwing his name out there. like He <laughs> should have played well. Um, <laughs> so you don't really care. No, nah, no, nah, nah, not at all. Um, Sorry, Stephen. The objectivity is the objectivity. He should have played better. Same for you, Clint. But um, <laughs> no knocking. They're not knocking him as a human being. as a football player, was he? what what the Cowboys needed um but also if you're Jerry Jones I I harken back to the fact that you know he said I don't have time for a bad time he senses his mortality he doesn't want to hit the hard reset he knows like you said during the break this decision could impact the Cowboys in one direction or another for the next 10 years um the reality is Jerry doesn't know if he has another 10 years or not you hate to say it out loud but that's the reality of it so I think it's likely that the Cowboys don't want to reset that quarterback or don't want to risk resetting that quarterback anytime soon I think that gets the deal this this offseason
4: yeah, I think that's the most likely to happen just because of everything we've heard. Heard um, The Cowboys say Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, everybody, like, people like him. This is not an, there's no bad blood happening there. Nope. The relationship is strong between Dak and the franchise. And another big thing, like, Dak has never lost the. <laughs> it's funny how every time I'm going to say something, like, an image pops in my head. And the one that just popped in my head was CD. Being all pissed on the <laughs> sideline <laughs> with Dak yeah. and all of that. But where I was going at is like, he's never had that kind of beef with yeah. players. He's yeah. always had players back. Either. So I think the more likelihood, and I was here when it was Brendan Whedon, <laughs> Matt Castle. Kill him oh, yeah. So I experienced a little bit mm. of that, and it was not fun at all. And I think Dak, if anything, he yeah he he is a good quarterback. He is a good quarterback, and yeah, more like most likelihood, uh, they'll extend him. But I still would like to take the risk. And gamble. Let's gamble. Right. No, oh, no, we be... cannot gamble. Actually. No, we cannot.
2: I was about to say I don't gamble against oh, the law. Rules. Over here. I don't, I don't gamble. <laughs> but no, I, I do think this will be a very interesting off season. I think this decision will have far-reaching implications next week we're going to start talking a little bit about free agency because that's coming up here fast and furious uh, we're going to talk about the cowboys free agents next week uh the players that are on that were on the roster this last year that will become free agents and what we think will happen with those guys the week after that we'll start talking about some guys that are not on this roster and maybe some free agents that the cowboys should be looking at to get everyone ready for that march 11th week when free agency will begin its spring break week so that'll be perfect mm-hmm. all
1: right we'll, we'll uh Really quickly before yeah. we go. Um, and I'm going to try not to get emotional here as we breeze through this. Uh-oh. I'd be remiss if I did not offer my condolences for the fa- to the family of Mark Lane, um, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. close close friend of mine. I, I considered him a brother 100%. Um, his passing earlier this week. Has, has been devastating for both his family, me and my family, and just the Cowboys um, fandom and Cowboys beat as a whole, lost not only one of the best to ever do it from a professional standpoint, but also one of the, the best human beings ever. So love you, brother. Rest well and to the Lane family. Um, I'll see you uh, soon for his services.
2: Well said. With that, we will end the show. We'll be back with you guys next week for Patrick Walker, Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a
0: production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,
3: Cowboys?